When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Light the fuse. Well, this is not mission difficult, Mr. Hunt. It's mission impossible. Difficult should be a walk in the park for you. Uh, it's all got to do with the rabbit's foot. Please don't make me go through you. Sir, Hunt is the living manifestation of destiny, and he has made you his mission. Kittredge, you've never seen me very upset. And you really think we can do this? We're going to do it. Welcome to Light the Fuse, the official Mission Impossible podcast. As always, I am Drew Taylor, joined by the magnificent Charles Hood. Oh, wow. I'm magnificent. I love that. Thank you. What a nice introduction for me. You're pretty good, too. Nah. Um, (laughs) I'll tell you who is pretty good, though. Lauren Balf. Oh my goodness, Lauren Balf. What 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 can we say about Lauren Balf? There's so much to say about Lauren Balf. I mean, we've got to talk. So okay, first of all, let me just say we're going to be playing music clips in this episode, and the music clips we discuss with Lauren in today's episode are excerpts from the Mission Impossible film series soundtracks, which are available wherever you stream, download, or buy music. That is awesome. You're going to really love that. But I got to say also, Lauren was our first interview on our old show all the way back in 2018. And ever since then, you know, a lot of our old show, we were, we were searching for a father figure. And I think we have to just let everybody know the context that we have wanted Lauren to adopt us for many years now. So we have a long history with him and, and wanting him to be our dad. Yeah. Which we do get into in the episode, right? We do yes. talk about the kilts. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. No, Lauren was, Lauren was the beginning. He was the one that said, oh, you should talk to Eddie Hamilton. And yes, he really started us on this journey and now he can't get rid of us. And yeah, now we're bothering him about which song cues to use in this episode. And I could just feel the absolute exasperation <laughs> over the email. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. And I just want to also, because we're talking about the music of the Mission Impossible movies, let's just let's uh let's play a little bit of the music just to set people up so they understand the difference between what we're talking about in this episode because we we talk about the main mission impossible theme and maybe we should play that right now
So that is, of course, as I'm sure you know, the main Mission Impossible theme that was originally written by Lalo Schifrin for the old television series since 1966. And that's adapted by Lauren Balfe for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Those are the opening titles, uh, or a, a section of them, I should say, uh, for the new movie that is now playing exclusively in theaters. Uh, so that's the mission theme, which we talk about, of course. But now uh, we also want to differentiate and let people know. I know people who are fans and probably know what this is already, but you know where I'm going. The plot theme, which was another amazing theme that Lalo Schifrin wrote for the original television series back in 1966. This played also in the old show. And I'm going to play, I think we should play maybe my favorite use of the plot theme in the movies. This is by also Lauren Balfe. This is from Fallout. This is the part where they're in the boat underneath uh, underneath Paris, right? Where the three of them are in the boat together. After the motorcycle chase, he's yes. cut the hole in the, the kind of netting and he's fallen down and and yeah a wonderful yeah. moment of just kind of beauty and calm and a wonderful yes. use of the plot theme i agree charles oh thank you yeah yeah well so here and here that is Okay, so that is the plot theme. So now you know when we're talking about the mission theme and the plot theme, that's the difference between those two, of course. Uh, and also, I should say, you know, Kevin Blumenfeld, who does the music for our show, he's got his versions of the mission theme at the top of the show and at the end of every episode of our show. And then he also does the plot theme. Whenever we go into our main interview and we come out of our main interview, you hear the plot theme there as well. So just wanted to call that out and, and thank Kevin for the wonderful music he does for us as well. Of course, adapted from Lalo Schifrin's themes from the old uh, show. Uh, I also wanted to explain Love's Reduced, which is a theme that uh, is mentioned in today's interview. And Love's Reduced was a, a theme that plays in Fallout. You'll hear it because uh, we'll, we'll play a clip from it as well. But uh, it was a, a very important theme that uh, plays throughout Fallout. Is there anything else you wanted to say about it, Drew? No, it's haunting. It's melodic. It is uh, really the emotional backbone of Fallout, I would say. And if you don't know it off the top of your head, you're going to hear it, hear it later in the episode. Yes. Great. And so, you know, the soundtrack for Dead Reckoning Part 1 is out now, and it is epic. When we recorded this interview, it was before the soundtrack was out, so we were just going from memory. But this soundtrack is out now, and I am, like, I'm just blown away by how many tracks there are and how long it is. It's like a whole... How long is it? It's so crazy. It's amazing. Yeah, I think it's a triple vinyl pressing wow. uh, from Mo our friends at Mondo that'll be shipping in a few months um, yeah so it is it is totally amazing and we just yeah. love Lauren so much and uh, it's an hour and 58 minutes on Apple Music that's amazing so yeah it's amazing you can dive into that but uh, yeah let's get into this uh, interview because you're going to love it Lauren, welcome back. Great to see you. Always great to see two of my favorite children. <laughs> <laughs> two of my four. You're definitely in the top three. 
No, well, thank you so much for being here. We love this this new score. Talk to us about Dead Reckoning Part 1. What was the process like for you? When did you start on this? Three years ago. Wow. Three years ago. I might be off by a couple of months, so it might be 3.2, but yeah, three years ago. And then we, we, you know, we stopped and did that small movie, um, Top Cat, Top Cat? Top Gun. <laughs> and uh, that was... I did all right. Um, and um, so we got kind of sidetracked on that. But yeah, we you know, started started three years ago. And I don't know, 14, maybe 15 hours of music later, we're here. Well, what were those initial discussions like? What was the direction that was given you three years ago versus what wound up in the final version of the movie? Well, you've, you've seen it. So... What was discussed was, I think it was about this, this trying to get dig deeper and get this more emotional musical tone, which really hasn't been there in any of them. I'll get, I'll get in trouble for saying that, but 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 <laughs> so, some some one of the composers has got a message me say I I did actually, but I think it's just a different tone. We really spent a long time trying to go deep and go emotional and Chris really wanted to push that as as hard as possible with this with this tone and a big nod to the the past you know we we were referencing a lot of classical composers Sibelius and Rachmaninoff and there was there was a lot of that rabbit hole basically had to kind of had to go down it and yeah, that was the beginning of that journey then and, 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 and going to the classics. So that's how it began. Okay. Did a, did a lot of that end up in the final version? No. <laughs> no, of course it did. <laughs> no, it did. No, the, the funny thing is, is that it's, it's like, I think we've got a, we've got a really unique way of working and, and it's about Chris sends photographs of the script or you'll you'll see sometimes that you know on Instagram he'll post some dialogue or something like that, and and he'll send or and he'll send that to me or he'll send photographs on set. That's always this great inspiration and and kind of uh, and and just say you know what does this what does this musically say to you? What does it musically? What can you musically say with it? So you you start ideas and. They kind of sometimes they can be the greatest discovery, and then a month later they can just be put to bed. So there's a there's a lot of experimentation, and and you need to experiment a lot because it's not it's not always going to work. So yes, some of the ideas from three years ago did stay, and then and then you know there was great discoveries maybe like a month before or a week before recording. So so it's kind of it's bits and bobs. But everything relates to that original DNA. It's it's the same way as um, Love Reduced from Fallout, which was kind of this discovery. That kind of semi-appears again, but in a different guise, in a more kind of romantic guise or a more sad guise.
so you say you need to experiment, but th this process is, from what I understand, and you correct me if I'm wrong, is very different from what most movie scoring is like. Isn't most movie scoring, uh, you get presented with a, a cut of the movie with a temp score on it, and then they're like, okay, yeah, yeah, do your own thing, or maybe you do a spotting session with them where you go through with the director and decide, this music's going to start here, this music's going to end here. Yes. This with McQuarrie is a totally different process. Um, uh, yes. You said you need to experiment. Now, what is it about the Mission Impossible movies in particular where you need to do this as opposed to what everybody else does when they do this process? Well, <laughs> well look, I, I think we've been really blessed with with time. You know, Top Gun got delayed and and that really gave extra time to music and editing. You know, it, it was a luxury that, that we just don't have um normal uh, situations and and i think that with this it is the same you know sometimes sometimes i may get a phone call and have to come in a couple of weeks before a deadline and you don't have time to experiment there you just basically this is the intention off we go and um i think it's it, it's about the whole process you see some a piece of music can give McHugh and Eddie inspiration where they can, they'll cut to it. They'll change the whole sequence because of that piece of music. Um, it gives inspiration to Cecile. who's our music editor. We're going to create a, a drinking game in this podcast where every time I say Cecile, you do a shot. So that's, <laughs> that's the rule now. Um, and I think it's about, it, it is about that. It's, it's about experimenting and trying new things and trying things. And that's how Love Reduced happened because Love Reduced from Fallout had a big theme on top. It was really heavy. And Chris, you know, Chris was like, what would it be like if it was only a couple of instruments, take that thing on off top. And then this whole new identity happened. So, and, and I'd seen that experimentation, you know, I, I spent 15 years working for Hans and he very much had that approach of looking at music as a, as film music, as a piece of music. And that you can create more interesting arcs visually because you're not worrying about trying to hit a cut all the time. You're trying to focus on a piece of music that might be able to tell a, a story. I think it reduces handcuffs. That's how I look at it. It's reducing restrictions. I mean, does it also help? Because I know that Eddie was working on this movie until the last minute and tightening it and tightening it and tightening it. So how does that kind of impact you when you're, you know, creating something for a scene that doesn't exist or is shorter or longer or whatever? It's part of the process. It's part of the, the concept. And, and, and filmmaking is that now. It will be pushed until, you know, sometimes people don't have to get their film finished until the day before the premiere. It's a different work set. And, you know, it changes things like when we're recording the concept of having everybody recording at the same time, it, it really complicates things. You really have to stripe every single thing because you know that the edit is still continuing. Um, and you might be a month away from the final of the movie, but you, you have to stripe everybody so that they're in different rooms and, and play, you know, playing melodies separate so that we know that if there's editing going on, we're, we're still able to have control. So it's about future proofing these things and having just a great team around you, knowing that, that you're able to go to bed when the, you know, there's a new picture turnover every day, you know, that there's a, there are, everybody can still keep working 
because they're on different time zones. So it's very much um, it's very much like the you know the concept of the VFX houses on these big movies. The, the, the music teams really do have to kind of know that it, it will be the music will be continuously tampered with until the printmaster. Do you find this process freeing or annoying, or how how does that impact you? <laughs> it's the process, or or should I say, it's the job. <laughs> that's the job yeah that's the job um i've always looked and said if you don't like it go and write for the concert hall this is a team effort and and it really takes a lot of people so you know that it's going to change and sometimes we are working in a different way of editing now where it's it's far quicker and we need to be able to the music music teams have to work that way and it, it's like arguing sitting there going well you know I, I i the old school writing with pen and paper with my candle next to my piano it's a lovely vision but <laughs> by the time you, you finished it i would have recorded a whole two hours of music it's just it doesn't work that way and we and we we've had to evolve and know that right to the last minute things are changing cuts changing and and you know a lot of films are being affected by vfx and sometimes the vfx don't deliver so if they can't when it gets later to the end they're reduced you know having to picture cut so it's part of the job and, and i think it makes it exciting it's great being part of this kind of amazing team of people that that are kind of all doing it and 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 yeah you know what we write will then go and get mixed but then it does then go to the the dub stage and and, and all the mixers have to work with it and then you know something will change and cecile second shot has to go and then and then start kind of then making it work to picture it's just just because you record it and you get a great photograph of the orchestra it doesn't mean it's finished Be back with more from Lauren Balf after the break. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Rise and shine, football fans. Start your day the right way with Morning Footy, a podcast that covers every aspect of the global game, headlines, match previews, analysis, interviews, culture, fashion, and plenty of banter. Join as we track the thrills and spills of Europe's biggest title races, the business end of the Champions League season, a summer packed with international competitions, MLS, NWSL, and much more. Subscribe to Morning Footy. Are you surprised sometimes when you see the final movie about how the what they used and what parts of it they used and... I was more surprised with I worked on I worked on a film and I I had spent about a month and a half writing a big action sequence. I think it was like six minutes long. And I remember the first time going to the cinema 
and they decided to drop it and just use sound effects. And I remember sitting going, oh, that's how this, <laughs> that's how it works, doesn't it? <laughs> so, so I kind of, I, I then had a, I then had this understanding about at the end of the day, it's, it, it isn't, it's not mine. There's a, there's a, there is a bigger picture and it, and it's got to work for the, for the film. And I think some, some composers don't get that. They're quite precious over it. And they feel that what they've created is it, and that can't be changed and it shouldn't be changed. And I don't think no other department in a film works like that. Every single department modifies something. And if you were to turn around and say, you know, here's my, here's the costume idea for this character. And it was to get changed. They said, no, well, well, it it wouldn't work. So you have to be part of a team and also just learn that it will be changed. And at least you have another movie coming out so you can all I'm I'm sure, you know, all of your best stuff didn't make it into this one. You have another place for it. Or are you are you is it is it another evolution of the sound for for eight? Don't know. You're always trying to fish for things. And I always, it never changes. It's like, you know, if it's a trailer or something. And it's, it's. I just want your best, I want your music to be out there, you know, and in every form. That's all, that's all I'm saying. No, I, I, I look, but who, but who knows? Because, you know, the thing is, music changes. And, and, and what you think at the time for something, you do see, you, you've got the luxury of going, Maybe it can be better, or maybe it needs to evolve. And I was listening to some some of the earlier ideas and Fallout, and and some are are quite embarrassing, um, and some some are very left field. But but by doing it, it, it caused an idea for something to happen. So who knows? Well, I'd love to talk about. So as of the time of this recording, the soundtrack is not out. We can't hear it yet, and we've seen the movie twice now in Rome. So we're going totally from memory of just those two viewings. That's the, all we know of the music. So, yeah. But I wanted to talk about, there's Lalo's, Lalo Schifrin's main theme, the Mission Impossible theme, and the plot theme. Who? <laughs> I, I wanted to know, how, how, how did you approach either of those differently or, or use them differently than you did in Fallout, if, if at all? The DNA is all Lalo. It, it always amazes me when we sit there and we kind of go, that then you can't do anything else now. There's not. There's not much left. And then all of a sudden, you, 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 something happens, and and I think it's a great test. And I think that um, you know when when you think where we came. Can I play something on the piano or not? Sure. Um, I'm going to get my hat so you can give tips to the side. So you know, if you think about how we start, how it started in the TV show, it was just that. And so, and it was this pedaling bass, and you know, with Dead Reckoning, we, we, it, it it was trying to figure out this kind of more emotional path to it, so that it was more meaningful to try to match well you've seen it ethan's journey with this and and the sacrifices he's got and and it is trying to kind of then looking at it from a more kind of romantic uh, approach like sibelius would where it's so 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 there's a more kind of 
interesting chord progression that's happening underneath it. So it's all these kind of new discoveries so that Ethan's world now originates from Lalo, but but it's a more kind of a classical approach. So, so again, it's by experimenting and it's by um, not having it to, to rush. That, that's how these kind of ideas get born. There's a theme that is for the, the villains are, are uh, you know, obviously Isai Morales is a villain, but he's also kind of working for a very mysterious, bigger bad. And there's a sort of a theme for that. I don't know if it's necessarily for Isai or for both of them or for the big bad in particular. It's this really beautiful kind of almost, uh, it's a kind of eerie sounding, seductive. I mean, was that something that was there from the beginning or did you find that later? That's all part of the plot theme. Grace, weirdly, so much kind of all comes from the... So you've got the Ethan, you've got the Ethan world underneath, but, but then if you put the plot on top... It's kind of introducing... That's why I'm saying is that you never... Lalo just keeps giving. It's Christmas. It, he... he I, I, I'm sure he doesn't mean to, um, but it just does keep kind of coming back to us. And it's, and it's, the, sa- it's the same way with some of the, the action sequences. Uh, kind of all of a sudden kind of looking at things and go, oh, you can actually start... Again, it's it's all the it's all based on the Mission Impossible theme. So it's about trying to kind of always use the DNA and but reinvent it so that you feel connected to it, but it it, it is still part of that original thematical world. So so even that like kind of creepy, seductive, you know, almost like Jerry Goldsmith, basic instincty theme that's like for the entity that that's that's still kind of coming out of the plot theme you're saying yeah all, all of it is kind wow. of based on something to do with um uh the dna of these themes also you know that's why it's kind of great being able to kind of the luxury of kind of working with a team you know we, we've got a we've got a big music team and your boy kevin was on it Yes, we wanted to get we wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, we wanted to get into that. Obviously, uh, Kevin Blumenfeld has done our music for years. He's composed the music for all my movies over the years as well. Like, and he's never been sued. He's never been sued. He's never been sued. Not yet. No. (laughs) But but actually, before we started this podcast, I remember you were our first interview that we did, Lauren, on the old show. 
And I opened the gates for you. You opened you opened the floodgates. You did. But before we talked to you, Kevin was doing the music for our show already, and I remember him telling us he's like, he's like, guys, Lauren is the the nicest guy. He is he's so amazing. He is probably the only composer who would actually maybe hire me someday as an additional composer, like to help him out. You know, maybe to work at a studio or something. So please please do not mess this up for me and don't don't make me look bad <laughs> no no kevin was it was on it the first the beginning I, 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 maybe three years ago and again it was this kind of discovering you know helping helping discover how we get these kind of different tones and journeys and and i think and it's like that uh goldsmith riff Stu Thomas, who was working on the team, Stu, Stu kind of really was delving into this kind of this motif and how do we get the plot to ha- do it? And and it really is it's a mammoth team. You know, we're on 555 musicians on this score. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I'm, I'm recording in Rome. We recorded in Venice. We recorded in Vienna recorded in switzerland recorded in london a lot of um musicians and 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 writers and arrangers all all part of it and i'm gonna what i'm trying to do over the next couple of weeks is kind of gonna start posting videos of all of the musicians in where we recorded them so the secret drum call are in switzerland and that was something that tom and McHugh had come up with because they had seen them perform at the Queen's Jubilee, I believe, they actually had Mission Impossible in their repertoire, and and it's the the whole concept of the the military drummers, you know, where they kind of the sticks come up and the sticks go down and they go on fire and then they're throwing them in the air. We didn't do any fire, but it was uh, it was um, <laughs> their idea, and then you know that we that that was an idea maybe about a month and a half before the end. And it just, again, it just changed all those action sequences. where you were able when fallout the bongos were kind of the, the centric thing and this time discovering this new we still had the bongos you know i wouldn't wouldn't give up of course wouldn't uh, we just had to push it to more this time <laughs> McHugh was playing bongos and uh eddie was playing bongos really and my uh 80 year old mother also played but we also had professionals we had every professional. We had thirty bongo players, so that's always, I think, part of the DNA of 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 our mission is the is the bongos. But the military drummers kind of added something to it, and then and then yes, recording recording in Venice and recording in Rome, it, it just brought a kind of an an honesty to the school where you were seeing being filmed. You know, we had a choir singing in that you know in Italian, for example. So it's a a big old a big old team like every department more important there lee drew have you now changed your opening theme now legally for 
yeah, we have a we have the actual Mission Impossible theme that Kevin performed. But then Kevin doesn't get any royalties any longer now. He doesn't. He's fine. <laughs> he he avoided jail time, Lauren. That's the real. Yeah, that 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 hard hard knock prison for composers that rip each other off. It's a ooh. <laughs> That's one. That's one prison where the the gym doesn't get used. It's. <laughs> Listen. What are the what are the chances that we can play bongos on eight? Um. What are the chances? I don't know. How good's your rhythm? We're both very white, so I mean, take that into consideration. <laughs> but yeah, I did. I did expert drums on, on uh, in uh, the video game Rock Band. I, 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 got, I got I got a little bit. I could do it. There you go. <laughs> it's like that. Gu- the guitar. On rock band, I can play that. I can play Led Zeppelin. Here, yeah, give me of a, course. Give me a job. Listen, I, I, that's not a no. <laughs> You're right. It's not. And we're back. Charles, how do you feel? Give me your emotions when speaking to Lauren Balfe. Uh, I'm just trying to make a good impression in hopes that he'll adopt me. Okay, so fear, trepidation, hope? (laughs) Hope, lots of hope, yeah, yeah. But also fear and trepidation for sure. How about you? Okay. Yeah, I'd say the same. Also just elation because he's such a warm, wonderful guy who really has, uh, has taken us in. I mean, not legally yet, but emotionally yes yes. we're working towards that and we've got more of course this is only part one so you got to come back for part two uh because there's a lot more to talk about with lauren that's right part two will be uh obviously next tuesday and you can get new episodes of this show every tuesday charles if you think that we're taking any time off you're wrong it's every tuesday we're gonna have a new episode and it they will be wherever you listen to your podcasts you know Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. Why don't you, and, and maybe leave us a review. Maybe maybe like, subscribe, rate, review. You know, we always love that. I think that's a great idea, Charles. And I think the other great idea is to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Light the Fuse Pod. You can also follow the main mission account, Mission Film, on Twitter and Mission Impossible on Instagram. And I also wanted to remind people, Charles, because we are also using music from Fallout in this episode – that all of the movies are available to stream on Paramount Plus right now. So, yes. You know, that's cool too. And yeah, I think that's it. We'll be back next time with Lauren, and we've got some more great guests lined up. And we want to just say that you've been listening to Light the Fuse, the official Mission Impossible podcast hosted by yours truly, Drew Taylor and Charles Hood. <laughs> Light the Fuse, the official Mission Impossible podcast, is produced by Charles Hood. That's me and Drew Taylor. This episode was edited by Luke Burson with music by Kevin Blumenfeld. Original Mission Impossible themes by Lalo Schifrin. This podcast is a production of Paramount Pictures. All rights are reserved. This message will self-destruct in five seconds. 